Hello everyone, we're Two Girls, One Cult podcast and we're here, as you know, to create primarily a safe space and healing space for everybody here. Uh, Please take into consideration the following disclaimer and trigger warning. We're not therapists or medical professionals and we're not diagnosing each other at all. Uh, We're just making light of the dark situation. This podcast is solely driven by our own experiences of past trauma and also those have been around us that have had witnessed these things and things that we've witnessed ourselves. This podcast contains positive and negative perspectives of, perspectives of Jehovah's Witnesses. It contains also detailed mental health difficulties and health issues relating to trauma and psychological effects of institutional trauma. Please, if you do have a sensitive nature or any mental health issues, um, please listen with care or consult your local mental health professional. Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. So we are on episode six. Yes. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Episode six has gone quick. And this is all about Jehovah's Witnesses and sex. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big, it's a one. big one. This yes. is a big topic and a topic I think a lot of people want to know about um, and also want to try and understand why, you know. Um, so let's just dive straight in. So Jehovah's Witnesses have a very strict, almost puritanical view of sex. Yes. So I think when we were growing up, it was sex was never described from the platform or from the speakers or whoever as a as a bad thing but it was only for married people only for married people so mm-hmm. um you having sex before I, marriage was yeah. a massive massive no-no it was a yeah massive sin um you, you were even kind of made to feel bad even talking about it even thinking about it and I think that 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 in itself stigmatizes it from the get-go from your from when you're a child so there's not that open communication where you can go to your parents and you can kind of talk about it and and try and get the the kind of right information on it you know so you don't have that open communication Mm -hmm. which is I think which is which is bad it's it's damaging isn't it because you don't really get to understand all of it no and you Mm. know even things like masturbation Mm. so you can't you just you you don't go anywhere near it before marriage so we had some friends who were in the j-dub community who um you know, before marriage, yeah. the, the day before, you know, they got married, they were like, oh, my God, what like, what am I going to do? They had literally no idea, bless him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and this is, all, this is all sort of scriptural. 
Because this mm. is all based on the Bible, a lot of it on the New Testament. So there is a scripture in First Thessalonians talks about abstaining from fornication. And if yes. you go on JW.org, you know, you can see all this stuff. It, it's plainly there. And um, what's interesting is if you sort of read any of their articles on sex, mm. they say that in the in the Christian Greek scriptures or in the New Testament, whenever anyone talks about sexual immorality, they use the word pornea, which according to them, oh, yes. do you remember? Pornea, which means, one, sex outside of marriage. Yes. Two, homosexuality. And mm. three, bestiality. So, <laughs> it's so like an umbrella term. Yeah, so sex, yeah. sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, and bestiality are all kind of <laughs> it's bad all the same thing. and as bad as each other, which uh, yeah, quite disturbs me. <laughs> no, which is which is ridiculous in itself. Mm. It, it's just when you think about it, all of these crazy ideas, <laughs> and especially the terms as well. Mm. Um, and I remember it did it did talk about bestiality and and I I mean I always kind of, I, I always laughed about it. I mean it's no laughing matter, you know. No. I, it's a horrible, horrible thing, you know. It, it's horrible if you really think about it. But I just remember when we were younger and we were talking about it because it was so I'd say talking about bestiality was a lot more kind of easy easier to talk about than sex itself. Oh, horrible! Just the concept, yeah. No, yeah, horrible. no. I mean, it would it would be openly talked about. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and like, be... from, from when we were kids in the Kingdom Hall. Oh no, bestiality and oh, it's homosexuality, be... bestiality, and yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, fornication. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible things. And you're sitting there as a child going, oh, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. That's really, really bad. Yeah. Um, because they're all remember, lumped together. I remember bringing it up, though, to, to people at school and saying, oh, you know, bestiality. And these kids were, you know, we were quite young. And they said, well, what's bestiality? Oh. And, and I would say, oh, well, you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really it's putting thoughts in your head as well and and... You know, getting things think, getting you to think about all the things that are really inappropriate that you don't need to think about <laughs> at that yeah. kind of age. You know, it's very inappropriate, very inappropriate, really. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And another thing that they go into specifics to, and mm. in preparation for this podcast today, I, I had a little look at JW.org mm. because I wasn't sure whether there was actually anything written by Jehovah's Witnesses that mm. said different types of sexual practice, for example, oral sex or anal sex, mm. were bad. But I found something. Um, and there is a watchtower mm. that they published. Uh, it was back in the 70s. It was in 72. But it calls oral sex and anal sex repugnant. And I think, oh. Yeah. That's very strong wow. language and very judgmental, you know. And so they're trying to control sex, even yes. in marriage. Mm. 
they're trying to kind of use it for their own agenda I think I think yeah that's that's very interesting the fact that they they control it they they tell you what you can do what you can't do and how to do it yeah absolutely it's, it's in regards to sex and and your body and your bo- and what you can and can't do with your body and i think that yeah. that's the worst thing because that it, it, it's as if they have control over your body as well over what yeah. and they do they do in a, yeah. in a way and i i just remember thinking <laughs> when uh, with you know they had the young people last with uh, talking about masturbation and obviously we're talking about with other people as well and i just remember thinking how bad it was and thinking and even for, for everybody not just for women and they, I mean this was when I was young this is when I was really young when I was really quite uh indoctrinated and I remember thinking oh you know uh, you this is a surefire way to, to die at Armageddon to masturbate <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah and yeah but the way it isn't and it's very healthy and it's don't uh, worry anyone that has you're okay yeah you're all right you're not gonna die you're not gonna you know die armageddon but i mean it's for me it took me a really really long time to kind of come to terms with even even loving my body again you know they had this that i had self-image issues anyway but coming to love your body and thinking oh well it you know this is good for my body and I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. This is my body. And, um, and I think that is taken away from you. That is taken mm. away from you when you were as a Jehovah's witness. And yeah, I think that, and it's, it's all patriarchal. And, and high control, really yes. high control. It just really reminds Absolutely. me of, um, when I read 1984 by George yeah. Orwell, and yes. I, you know, obviously that is a very high control dystopian oh, society. Yes. They literally control everything. Mm. And one of the yeah, great um, yeah, one of the aims to to gain mm. ultimate control over people's sort of body and mind and soul and everything is to eradicate the orgasm and by eradicating that they eradicate all wow. any sort of sexual desire mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I, I you know I think it's a whole different subject whether you know having sex is all about orgasming you know that that's a whole different thing but just just the concept of trying to control people's bodies and control people's pleasure you know and then that really reminded me of 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 growing up in that society or in that organization and yeah that's exactly what they were doing controlling your body controlling um limiting limiting and saying you can have this pleasure but you can't have this one you know that's wrong yeah God doesn't like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, you know, that's another conversation to have too, because, you know, they're in, in other cultures, they have, you know, things like FGM and that is, yeah, that's a whole other different conversation. But I mean, that's completely take, you know, giving women, you know, clitorectomies and, and things like that. And which is horrible, a really horrible, horrific thing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, that's something else that, and that's completely taken away by force. 
mm-hmm. you know that's something that is yeah that's com- you, you don't have control over your body and so that can kind of come under that the umbrella of that but I mean yeah that's that's something different I mean that's something um quite violent and and horrific as we know but uh yeah I mean it's all Again, under control it's, it's controlled. Control. Yeah, control of women in control of their bodies. Yeah. I Trying mean, you could make them, yeah, subservient and yeah. Yeah, you could argue within the Jehovah's Witness community it's it's both sexes they're trying to control. But I think so. I think it yeah. Is well, it more is it is there more pressure on women? I think there think? is. Okay. I think I think there is pressure on men, but I think there's it's unequal pressure. I think there is definitely a lot more pressure on women to be a certain way. I think for men, I, I can only come from the perspective of, of a woman, obviously. I feel, especially with the, the people that I've known, a lot of kind of men and women who are Jehovah's Witnesses, and I feel feel that women do get a harder time because there is a specific way that you should handle yourself and with regards to sex in particular yeah 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 yeah, absolutely they they want to control they want to yeah you know if you like you know if you're uh if you masturbate you know you you'll obviously you know be a rampaging you know whore <laughs> ravenous whore <laughs> which which I yeah which is to be debated really it's you know why can't on you just subject be ramp- pleasured by yourself you know on the subject of rampaging pleasure. whore yeah. tell us the story about how <laughs> In our congregation, and just for those um, listeners who aren't familiar, in every Jehovah's Witness congregation, there used to be, as part of the as part of the sort of schooling and then the congregational needs, every now yeah. and then you would have a talk that was called local needs. And it was something that was going in the congregation that wasn't right. And they thought they had to okay. clarify and just instruct anyone or everyone. And this particular time we were probably about maybe 14, or I was probably about 14, 15, you were like 12, 13. And we had a local needs on anal sex. Were you tell yes. us about that? I do, I do remember this. So we were in. I remember vividly. Just I, I just kind of thought it was quite funny, but they did. They so they had a talk. This kind of special needs talk, right? So they were. They basically said that we talked about anal sex and how they did say that it was someone specific in the congregation didn't they they said it was pointed towards somebody and that that somebody had you knew it was someone you knew it was happening yeah Yeah. and i remember we were thinking who is it who is it yeah and uh no, I, I do. I, I remember this. Yeah, and and they the elders did say this. Uh, this elder was um, th- he was talking about this, 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 and obviously they went to the Bible and they were saying, you know, anal sex is just not a good thing. 
you shouldn't be doing it. What does it say? You can't have anal sex. I know. I know. I know. You cannot have anal sex. By the way, yeah, (laughs) God told you so. You know, it's just it's it's ridiculous. I think it was just I remember them talking about them saying it's it's an unclean practice talking about it being unclean which also is is another thing with uh, also other things like oral sex and that that's unclean um which isn't true obviously and uh, no I do remember and I remember that it's it, it was a certain brother in our congregation and I think it was him and his girlfriend and um well, and also they, they were doing it before marriage yes so they yeah but very very naughty I mean, okay, you know, they're very ambitious to have anal sex and not, you know, I thought, I, I actually doing it because they didn't, it. they didn't think they were having real sex. Yeah, they no. didn't think they were having thing. sex before marriage. Exactly. Yeah. And see, this is the thing as well with oral sex, you know, there's that kind of argument as, oh, it's not really actual sex, you know, oral sex isn't real sex, you're not actually kind of having it's sex. all sex it's all but sex. it's all it's all sex yeah you're all having it have a great time <laughs> you know it's very yeah. healthy for you to have um you know a, a sex life it's it's not a bad thing and yeah. it's and I think it, it does take you a long time to get over that but I do remember that experience vividly and it it was just I just remember us laughing and we just thought it was left because we thought to be honest, I did think, why is it any of our business to be talking about someone's sex life? And I was quite young at this point, and I was thinking, um, to be honest, I don't, I don't want to know where this guy's putting his dick. I really, no. <laughs> I really don't want to know. I just, I, I didn't want to know that. So, <laughs> but it was, it was quite funny. It was, it was really funny. But then all, all sorts of those kind of special needs talks were always so, so hilarious, especially something that... Special needs. <laughs> special, special needs. I'm sorry. Just that, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean it in that. No, that, just, that just sounds hilarious, all the special I, needs talks. But it does. But that's what it was. That's what it was, wasn't it? It was a local, was a local needs, wasn't it? Lo- oh, yeah. Local, special, special needs, local needs. Any, everyone has needs. Every, everyone has needs. Just give, give, just give them what they want. Yeah, just give them. Yeah, just give it. Yeah. Just yeah, just give it what they want. You know, and that, and this yeah. is we haven't even touched no, on. No. You know, you know, being a part of the LGBTQA plus community. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, this absolutely. is just regular traditional heterosexual heterosexual yes. sex um, so let's let's touch on that yeah. as well you know yeah um, yeah yeah of course yeah. and you know we were we were brought up that it was like oh this bitch gays oh no you know that's that's terrible that's abhorrent something that god hates and you had the stories of sodom and gomorrah yes, how, yes. you know all the men would lie with men and the angels came down to visit Lot in Sodom, and they um, they were they were banging on the door because they wanted the angels to come out and have sex with them. <laughs> so it made you not think. Not going like, to lie, you know, that sounds like a great time. Well, it, it, 
it, it kind of made, you know, unfortunately, homosexual people yeah. sound like they were these sexual predators, you like, know. Yeah, and you just think, predators. oh my goodness, yeah. like if you're gay, you're going to be like knocking someone's door down, demanding to have sex with them. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, you're, oh, that's horrible. Yeah, and no, that's not that's not a thing. Obviously, you can't just because you're gay. Obviously, you can't say that you know. Oh, you're... Of course not. But that's those are the stories that you hear when you're a child. Yeah, but then also you did hear a lot of if you had that kind of propensity to to molest people as as well if you were to, you know if you were gay you had that propensity to to molest people yeah that was another and really that awful, was really awful. bad yeah myth wasn't it just that awful. was a myth just, yeah just actually was. blatant lie i think yeah. i don't think there was any exactly. evidence or anything sort of leaning towards that no 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 and I always thought that was strange anyway and I thought um, I always thought that why wh- why you you have to be sick in the head anyway to do something like that yeah. it's got nothing to do with your gay you know whether you prefer this per gender or that gender or no gender or however it's got nothing to do with that it's just got to do with the person who obviously is that more kind of sick sick in the head in that way but I thought that was very strange even then when I was a child I thought that was very bizarre yeah and I just thought it was just too much information I think sometimes when they did talk about these things you know in Sodom and Gomorrah I thought why is it so specific (laughs) you know why is it just these people just you know raging kind of raping angels and all of that kind of stuff and how you know the, the kind of the, the sin, you know, know. The sins I didn't know that you did it of the flesh you know sins yeah. of the flesh yeah. and that kind of thing and I just thought oh just give it a rest I don't know <laughs> I just thought um, yeah go with yourself <laughs> there was no I think even if someone was showing any inclination Mm. you know being gay lesbian um you you were taken into the quote-unquote back room and you were counseled quite strongly that this Mm -hmm. was a a bad thing yeah and if you were like well no this is me but still wanted to continue to come to meetings and be part of the jehovah's witness community i'm not sure why you would but you know presumably there are people who you know maybe have tried to do that then you would you would be disfellowshipped I'd yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I mean just kind of another take on it as well I remember when we we had a few people we knew these are even Bethel Brothers too who were quite kind of effeminate and I don't know if you remember this and a lot of people would talk about it behind their back and they say, oh, you know, that brother's gay. We know he's gay or he's really effective. You know, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a puffer, you know, that kind of thing. And I that obviously. Anything like that. I mean, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious. I remember. I mean, obviously, you know, like, those, really serious. Yeah. I mean, those are really kind of bad slurs. And mm. it's something that obviously I don't, think about now but back in I do remember back in the day um where they used to talk I I would have thought you did you know there were quite a few people who are are feminine I mean 
it, it's not really a big deal to me, but I remember a lot of people talking about it. I, I can't really say without using specific names, to be honest, but um, if I do, when I do tell you and when we do talk about it, I do think you'll remember those people. I remember um, growing up and there being people who were single, you know, a yeah. man or a woman, really trying hard. They were single. Maybe they were slightly different. And having some conversation with some people going, oh, well, if they were in the world, they, they would be probably be but, you know, they're, they're keeping it together for Jehovah, you know, and they're keeping it on the straight and narrow and staying good and clean for Jehovah. Yeah. So I do remember having those conversations. But as far as, you know, obviously when we were in and when I was a part of that community, someone going, they're out and out gay, that would yeah. just be, that was huge. That would be something that would, you know, I yeah, you'd have to go to the elders about and become a massive big thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. So unnecessary. But do you remember, I, I'm just thinking about when I was younger and in the hall, do you remember when there was that time where I got counselled over that kind of, I had this, it, it was back in fashion having kind of like women wearing kind of androgynous clothing and I, I liked kind of mixing up my clothes and, and stuff like that. And I remember, especially at the hall, I used to like wearing um, blazers and kind of fitted. Fit. If I could wear trousers, I probably would have. But you, you, as a woman, you couldn't. No. You couldn't wear trousers. You had to wear a skirt. You had to wear a skirt mm. or a dress. And it had to be below the knee, all yep. of that stuff. And I remember once I wore this skirt with a blazer. And it was kind of like a silk tie. And I remember I got counselled on that. And the, the brother who we were talking about who had the anal sex, he talked to me and he said, Elise, you just look like a man. And at that time, I was thinking, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I said, no, but positively. I saw that as a positive thing. In my head, that was a positive thing. But he went to the elders and by the end of that meeting, I was in the back room and they said to me, listen, you can't, it wasn't even a proper tie. It was, it, it was a silk scarf that I had made into that what looked like a man's tie mm. and that I, that I just kind of put round like the collar of my white shirt and I thought it looked really smart. I thought it looked really lovely. And mm. I thought, yeah, I thought it looked great. And I remember these three elders approaching me. I mean, that's quite intimidating, you know, walking, yeah, walking three. to the back of the hall. Yeah. Three kind of large men coming up to me saying, okay, at least we need to talk to you. So I thought, oh, God, what is it this time? So <laughs> we went into the back hall and they said, you know, you, you do look very masculine and with with your tie and I said well it's not it's a silk you know scarf or whatever and um and they said you do look very masculine we think that it's good for you to wear something more feminine and yeah that 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 discouraged me I mean it spurred me on it definitely it spurred me yeah yeah <laughs> Absolutely, it definitely spurred. So they were they they said in a nutshell, they just said that I looked really masculine. I wasn't I wasn't wearing the appropriate 
outfit as a lady should at the meeting. So I, I was too, I, apparently I looked too masculine. Yeah. Which, um, well, which brings us on to the subject of, you know, we've we've gone through some, from sort of sex and sexuality to, to sort of gender stereotypes. And yeah. those are huge and so strict and rigid within the community. And you've just had experiences where you've just gone, well, you're a woman. You couldn't possibly wear something that just looks a bit masculine like a tie. That's crazy. You know, you could yeah. corrupt the congregation. Stop it yeah. now. Um, I just, I think yeah. they, they, what their ideas were was the fact that if somebody came into the hall and was a worldly person, they would say, oh, okay, well, is that a woman or is it a man? Even though I clearly looked feminine as well. But I think their idea was they said they didn't want to blur gender identity. And that's what they said to me then. And now when I think back, I think, Wow, I was way before my time. <laughs> I was, <laughs> and uh, and I think, and and I just kind of said, "Oh yeah, you know, just um, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever." I didn't really care, but I think that they do. They do have a very, very big issue and lack of understanding mm. of of the on this subject. Yeah, because they don't agree with it. Because they don't agree with gender politics. They don't agree with gender. Well, gender roles have to be very traditional. You know, man and woman. You know, wife, husband, kind of traditional roles, and that's all they believe in. Yeah, they don't believe in in any other type of thing, which just really it doesn't open your mind to other you know to other types of things no because especially when it comes to lgbt yeah because you know according to them god doesn't like or approve any of these other things it's just this just cis heteronormative you know preferably white again exactly that's another big thing yeah yes. and we'll, we'll you know we can talk about racism a little bit later yeah, um, yeah yeah but that is interesting but you know because of all of this and all this talk around sex and so much material is around yeah. sex, what you can do and what you can't do do you think this makes jehovah's witnesses obsessed with sex yes yes absolutely because it's forbidden it's yeah. you can you can only have sex within marriage. And the thing is, is that with that, you get a lot of young people getting married very young, very early, therefore getting divorced as well. The divorce rate is high. And you realise that getting married for sex does not work on any kind of level. It has to be obviously that you know getting to know the person and and everything like that but I do I think that they they, they're obsessed with sex because they're telling you constantly they're telling you how to do it they're telling you you can only do it missionary I know they did talk about the woman not being in control and being subservient to her husband am I wrong there or no 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 I think you're right and also I remember there being an article and I can't remember 
what scripture it's based on, but that you should women specifically women I think and please correct me if anyone out there has seen this and 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 um I'm wrong but fulfilling the needs of a husband yes and your love you know if you love your husband even if Mm -hmm. you don't want to you'll still do it you need to do it and this actually ties into the with marriage law because I know it wasn't that long ago where rape within marriage wasn't even acknowledged mm. so if you were raped by your husband it would be seen as doing your duty yeah and i and i think there were a lot of problems with that i think also uh, something else that really aligns with the fact that Jehovah's Witnesses can get really just, I think, uh, you know, obsessed and uh, and really fixate. Oh yeah, obsessed. Yeah, on sex is to do with the really prescriptive way that they're told what to wear. For example, there's a member of the governing body, a person called Tony, and he specifically gave a, a talk saying that men shouldn't wear tight pants. Oh, or tight yes. trousers because you know this may cause you know arousal to feel, <laughs> um, yeah, may cause arousal may arouse you know? and it's like well tony like why are you looking at everyone's tight pants I know. you know <laughs> You know, and, and women can't, you know, show any cleavage or have skirts above the knee because, you know, men are just so like uncontrollable beasts. Yeah. They might just jump on you, you know. Uh, and therefore, yeah, just the real prescriptive way about what you can wear, I think, just lends itself to the fact that. And also, it doesn't really place any responsibility on the person who. On the men. Yeah, on the men. Yeah, on the perpetrators. You know, whether it be male or female or whatever. But it's all like, oh, you know, it's very victim shaming. It is. No, absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to that old age thing of, well, she wanted it because she was wearing really tight clothing. Hmm. That kind of thing. And I, yeah, I mean, I I do remember being cancelled. I mean, also of, so, you know, there are these two extremes of <clears throat> you can't show much skin as a woman or wear anything tight because it will provoke feelings of sexual arousal of these beasts, beast-type men. Arousal. You know, and, <laughs> oh, I know. It's just, it, it, it's really quite hilarious when you think. I always felt ashamed of of my my body just because I was constantly being told that I looked terrible and that I looked mm. lustful and that you know I, I I had this kind of kind of Jezebel kind of curvaceous body that like everybody wanted to just rape me and mm. it's just that I think that really fucked with my not just my self-image but just the way I saw my body and the way I saw myself I hated myself I hated my body Mm. I I I do think women who were a lot slimmer and who didn't have breasts or rather that that sorry that doesn't sound good does it really 
people who are maybe a bit smaller, I guess, smaller breast shape and just generally smaller type body were put on a pedestal. That may have been also because of the heroin chic trend, I guess, back then, you know, in the 90s. But I did, I do, and I see it now. They do, what's the word, infantilize because they do want them to be these naive, gullible, um, you know, trusting women who will do anything for their husband or do anything for the men in the congregation or just men they know in the congregation. And I think I, I even got the impression that they wanted women to be babied. They kind yeah. of saw these, they kind of saw women as things to be controlled and babied. That's right. And there was no room for a strong, empowered woman with big boobs. <laughs> It didn't fit fit the stereotype. I didn't fit. I didn't fit it. No, I didn't fit their ideal. I don't think either of us did, really. No, I. All I remember were well. I remember quite a few times. This elder's wife. She used to. She used to humiliate me in front of my friends and and just other kind of elders. And she used to say how bad I looked. And that really, even, I'd say even now when it comes to self-image, that does affect me because all of those things affect you. Mm. Um, I do channel it and think about it in a different way. But I think, yeah, I think we both had a bit of a difficult time when it came to stuff because we didn't fit the mould. We didn't fit the mould physically and we didn't fit the mould in mentally any other kind of way yeah so just um to sort of close up this podcast I have one more question yeah how old were you when you lost your b-card oh well I was 19 19 who was it with that was I mean, even in world world standards, I think that's, you know, on the higher end of the scale. It was with an ex-boyfriend. I don't regret it. It was okay. It was, I think I, you know what? I think I was ready. I think I was ready for it. And I think that that is really important to feel ready and also to just feel really comfortable with and you know what I think is really really important that we don't talk about as women well that you know the good women do but you know I think it's difficult to kind of talk about that I think it's so important to know your body and to masturbate before you have sex as a woman to get to know your body to know what you like, what you don't like. Because then when you go to have sex and 
you you're with a person that you're really comfortable with you can show them what you like what you don't like I mean that that's just the the kind of simple kind of basics isn't it so then you you can tell them what you like and what you don't like if you just go into sex without any without doing any kind of prep work as in you know without not even masturbating I don't know you may want to try sex toys and stuff if you're into that kind of thing but I think that's really important especially for a woman because I think for men I think it it can be quite a basic thing I think it's just you know they get aroused quite easily women you know we need we need to work on that a little bit you know with our sexuality uh, and with the prep work like I said so I think that you know we need to know what we like is that a bit sexist <laughs> sorry is that a bit sexist I think it's just your own personal experience that's fine yeah I think no I didn't mean it to say it's sexist but I think that women do need to have that a little you know little bit extra kind of understanding and especially understanding from your partner I think that's really really important but I think definitely get to know yourself masturbation best thing ever so yeah definitely do that that's yeah that's my advice anyway but uh, yes so how old are you I was 17 I was in a relationship in a long-term relationship with someone that I really really loved and really cared about and yeah that's good so yeah it was nice again I don't regret it it was lovely it was someone obviously who wasn't a Jehovah's Witness while I was a Jehovah's Witness so oh no same shaky ground shaky ground but I was in love with him and we had a wonderful time but you know what I I knew quite a lot of people having said that I did know a lot of people who were having sex but they were engaged Mm. and they thought you know what I'm engaged we're going to get married in a week's time or something so let's just have sex and I did know a lot of couples like that. Yeah. I'd say I'd say probably about five or six couples that I knew that were getting married who'd already had sex. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's a lot. I didn't know that many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know them as well. You know. Do you yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you know them. I think um that was another thing wasn't there within the j-dub community is if you were going to get married and you were close to getting married they mm. didn't encourage long engagements because yes exactly you'd be ripping each other's clothes off before you got down the aisle <laughs> and you I know, yeah. had to have a chaperone didn't you so you had to have yes. a third person anywhere you went you could never be alone together that was in, oh, that is so funny because that was in the Young People Blast as well. And I remember they were saying that, and I remember when I did, I did go on a few dates with a few people who, who I really liked and there was a chaperone, there's always somebody there and it was always third wheel. It was like always so, so, yeah. so, so awkward. And the thing is, is that obviously you want to kind of get to know the other person and then you've got this kind of, you know, Gooseberry, who's just there, and who and who doesn't want to be there. No, who no, who doesn't want to be, and who's just kind of like, just 
you know, when we're going to go home. It's just, yeah, I, I do remember that. It's funny, isn't it? The chaperone thing is hilarious because obviously when you're going to the cinema, you're going to have sex in the cinema or the yeah. toilet or the pub or the restaurant because, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses are obsessed with sex. <laughs> they're obsessed. They're, they're, they're totally obsessed with it. It's just they can't. They can't get enough. They yeah. Can't get enough. Yeah. I. It's just. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. I think it's. It's just. It's so funny. So so funny. But there's. There's the thing is, is that there's so many different topics on sex with Jehovah's Witnesses and what they believe and what they don't believe. That we could go on forever, you know, we could talk about so many different topics. You know, we've just touched on a few, but there, there's just, there's so much to say. And I think that, the, the you know, the thing to take into account is, is that they really do kind of push you to believe that, you know, the, the kind of traditional roles are for everybody and that everybody should have these you know kind of husband and wife roles and if you don't and they actually do on the other side of it on the other end of the scale they they sometimes push the single women not to get married not to have sex because that will distract you yeah there is there was a thing there it was it was called being single for the lord yes and there was some brothers and sisters in the congregation yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm you know staying single for the lord or keeping single for the lord so oh, I remember sex that. or a marriage or children distract them yes 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 yes, yes. because yeah because ma- marriage sex and kids will distract you you know from jehovah from <laughs> service yeah. yeah yeah absolutely but you could, you could, there was this one lady that I knew that was really funny and she was single. And uh, you could definitely tell that she just had this massive dildo under her pillow, <laughs> just waiting for her at night. Wow. She would tell me, she, <laughs> she would tell me, she says, Lise, you don't need a man for, to have a good time. And I didn't realise what she was talking about until later on there are a few things that she told me when I was like when I was a teenager when I was a kind of older teenager and I thought oh my god you dirty bitch you've got a big dildo waiting for you crazy it's just it's well, funny I think that's, um, that's a good note to end things on <laughs> yeah um, exactly yeah that's um that's Jehovah's Witnesses and Sex uh, if you have yeah. any more questions please do get in touch um, or any other suggestions for topics that you would like us to discuss, please get in touch. But um, most of all, thank you so much for listening and sticking with us until the end. We are Two Girls, One Cult podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please do wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to have you join us again. And uh, we're also on Instagram at Two Girls One Cult. We will see you next Sunday um, when our next episode drops. And until then, have a great week. <laughs>